Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group. I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today's episode is a special one because I've been so stoked to have this guest on the show. If you watch my videos, you know I've talked about the book Light is the New Black by Rebecca Campbell. And today's guest is none other than the Rebecca Campbell. Rebecca Campbell is a best-selling author, spiritual teacher, grounded spiritual mentor, and soulful guide. Best-selling author of Light is the New Black, Rebecca has guided thousands of women to listen to the call of their soul and create a life that is completely aligned to them. Drawing on her unique experience as an award-winning advertising creative director, Rebecca loves helping people tap into their creativity and lead from a place that is authentic and light up the world in a way that only they can. I've been so excited to have her on my show. I even stayed up till 1am to have this call because 1am LA time is 9am London time. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Hi, Rebecca. How are you doing? Hello. Good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm so, so thankful that you're doing this interview with me because I'm such a huge fan of your book, Light is the New Black. I've honestly listened to it in audiobook form. So it was like listening to your voice read the book to me, which was really nice. It was Mm, really inspiring. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. So I want to ask you to share with our listeners today, what is the main message behind Light is the New Black? Main message behind Light is the New Black is really to tune into the niggle of what I would call your soul, you could call your intuition, your spirit, that inner voice, which I believe is always calling us and and really navigating or wanting to navigate our lives. It's, you know, when we feel a bit stuck or like things are not quite, you know, working out right, it's often that we've like ignored that inner voice. Oprah calls it the the whisper. And often it's like when we ignore the whisper, um, it needs mm-hmm. to speak up a lot louder to get our attention. And so Light is a New Black is really a call to arms for people to, to listen to that voice. And also it's a call to arms for those of us who have like felt the call since we were little to, to really contribute to the world and step into the life and the work that we really came here to do. Yeah. And I love that you bring it up as like a calling that you've had since you were young, because I've never been able to express or explain it. Even when I was young, I always felt like I was meant to do big things, but I just didn't know what that was exactly. And it's, and talking to friends now, I realize that a lot of us kind of have that inner call, Mm. but it's never talked about it when we were young, you know? It's so true. Yeah. It's like that inner, that niggle, that feeling, it's just like, it's always there, but it's difficult to express. And yeah, it's interesting to think like, does everyone have it? Does just some people have it? I don't know the answer to that, but I know that, you know, like you and you know, when you're talking to a like-minded person, you know, that, that feeling of like wanting to contribute and, and like change the world, not in the, in the sense of like, oh, the world's bad and it needs changing, but just 
to contribute and to be present in the world. Yeah, I always had that. And to be honest, it really like stressed me out because it just felt like there was something I needed to find or remember or do. You know, I think a lot of us, and for some people it happens around the Saturn returns time, which is around the age of 28 to 30, some people earlier, some people later. But for most of us, there comes a point where we begin to question what are we here for? And, and like, what, what do we want to do with our lives? And for me, that, that feeling was present since I I can't remember not having that feeling. It stressed me out because I felt like there was this thing I needed to find. But now looking back, I realized that it was, it was really just a matter of surrendering and listening to my own intuition, which is connected to everything in the planet, particularly like nature and the spinning of the planet, the coming go of going of the tides. And it's the part of us that believes that we're mm-hmm. separate from all of us, which which mm-hmm. causes us to get stuck. Right. So, I mean, what would be your advice for people who are trying so hard to find that purpose in life mm-hmm. and their direction, but they're not there yet? Yeah. So I think, and particularly for like millennial generation, it's like the millennials just like so deeply want to contribute and it's so amazing, but it's just like, just don't rush yourself. It doesn't, you don't have to have the plan all sorted out. You know, it's like, there is that, that, that saying of, of, I forget who said it, but 10,000 hours. It takes 10,000 hours to master a craft or a job or a skill. And so it's like, just choose the thing that lights you up. Like choose the things that you would do regardless of getting paid. Choose the things that you're naturally good at, that you really want to do. And just trust that if you stick with it, you will become the master of it and you will create the work that you are really wanting to create. I'd always also recommend just like spending time in nature. It's just an amazing way of like really grounding us back to to the here and now. You know, I I feel I've met so many people who get disheartened if, you know, they're wanting to change the world and then it's like they, they try for a year or whatever. And it's like, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, just stick at it, stick at it. So my, my advice really would be to get clear on the things that light you up, that make you come alive, that, that you just love, love, love doing and find a way to create a career around that. I love it. So going back, can you be more specific. Like, what do you mean when you say light? What does that mean? And then how can we connect with that in our everyday life? Mm. So there's light and dark, right? And then there's the shadow. What a lot of people think dark is, is the shadow. The shadow with the unclaimed parts of us, right? The darkness is actually really needed in order to be reborn. So if you look at the darkness, like it's like our power. If you think about seeds, 
they can only germinate and grow in the darkness. It's a space of, of rest. The light is our soul, is our spirit, is our essence. It's like, you know, it's when we're lit up. Our light is, is that con- contagious part of us that has so much to share. And so we need both the light and the dark. But through history and, you know, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of, a lot of things written, particularly in religions, the past 5,000 years, and this isn't anti-religion, it's just, you know, the, the times we've been living in where it, it it says that, like, the darkness is really bad, but really it's, like, unclaimed parts of our unconscious mm. that hide in the dark. <laughs> so the shadow are the the parts of us that are unclaimed. It's like, you know, when someone triggers you, so it's like you might be like scrolling social media and you'll be you'll mm. get a like a pang in your belly because you'll be comparing yourself to someone. That's yeah. the shadow, right? It's that person, the relationship which is triggering something in us. So we need both the light and the dark because it's the light is the is like the the heaven it's the light is the contagious spirit in us and then the dark is our power as well and so it's like we need the balance of the two but in order to live a life where you're like fully lit up it means that you're living your life from your heart you're living your life from your passion you're living your life from the the soul from the spirit yeah I love it. And when you say being a light worker, does that just mean like living your light every day or focusing on that light? What about the dark part that you said is your also your power? So being a light worker is someone who is dedicated to not just living life for them. So it's like being of service to the world. So that doesn't necessarily mean that it's like you have to go and be a nun. <laughs> it can just be like someone who's dedicated to being a bright light in the world. And what that really means is just someone who's dedicated to their own healing, someone who's dedicated to their own growth, someone who's dedicated to being a positive energy in the world. Yeah. So with all of this inspiration and light, like what do you do about times where you feel lost or disconnected or unmotivated? Like how do you reconnect with it? So meditation I think is just such a an amazing tool to keep filling yourself up. You know, as we go through life, we're not meant to be like happy, happy, happy all the time. It's through the difficult times that we grow as as humans. And so this isn't about just being like, uber, uber positive all the time, you know, like as we go through our life, we will experience, you know, rock bottoms, we will experience loss and heartbreak. That's part of the human experience. And it's really, it's in the times when things are not going so well, when we most don't want to do spiritual practice, we just want to watch Netflix for hours on end that that actually the spiritual practice is going to help us most. And so what I recommend for anyone who is wanting to like develop a stronger relationship with their light or their soul or their spirit is to carve out a little bit of time each day to spend time with it. So it's like spending time with your soul, right? So that might be doing a 10-minute meditation. And you can do that just by getting a piece of music that you love 
and then sitting and opening your heart, opening, I would say, your crown chakra and your root chakra up to the heavens and earth and allow yourself to be filled up by that universal energy. Another way of doing it is literally getting a, a pen and paper. If you imagine like having a, a notebook, which is like like it's a soul book. And so every day you sit down and for five or 10 minutes, you just, you know, you might up the top say, what does my soul want me to know today? And then you just begin writing, like intuitively writing. I really recommend a, a daily practice, but it doesn't have to be for so long. It can be five minutes. It can be 10 minutes. Another great way is spending time in nature. In our modern world, we have found We've become quite separate and severed from the rest of nature and nature is always happy to see us. If you go into a beautiful park or a walk along the beach, I think that you're in LA so you must go to the beach a bit. So if you go walk along the beach and connect with the and, and when I say connect, like it doesn't have to be super uber spiritual. Yeah. Just look around you, look at the beauty around you and see your place in the world. Mm-hmm. It's another, that's like a, I call it like an intuitive nature walking meditation. So there are three really simple ways to tend to your own light. Another way is to write a list of the things that light you up and do one one every day yeah. and it's like that's your dedication to just like building that connection with your life i want to take a break to thank our sponsor audible a few months ago i discovered an audiobook that i absolutely loved called light is a new black by rebecca campbell rebecca's story and voice was so soothing spiritual and empowering and i loved every second of that book after listening to her audiobook, I had the crazy idea to reach out to her to come onto my podcast. A few months later, we actually made it happen. How crazy is that? So thanks to Audible, I was able to connect with an author I admired and respected and have a real conversation, the one you're listening to right now. You never know how your next audiobook will change your life. <laughs> But really, Audible has been an amazing tool for me to learn and improve my life on the go. I love listening to inspiring self-help books or comedic memoirs that make me laugh. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial and your first audiobook is free. Go to audible.com slash lavendaire or text lavendaire to 500-500. That's audible.com slash l-a-v-e-n-d-a-i-r-e or text Lavendaire to 500-500. Let's talk about your newer book, Rise, Sister, Rise. So why did you feel compelled to write this book? Huh. I, I wrote that book because there was so much work that I needed to do in balancing my relationship with the masculine and the feminine. As a woman, I, I had a career prior to the work I do now as a copywriter and then creative director in advertising. And so it was like the corporate career And like most of us um, in the corporate career, I really learned how to make it in a man's world, right? My mom was like a real strong career woman. She was a fashion designer. I'd always known that my career was such a big part of my life, but I began to see how I'd just been really like pushing through and really relying on my own willpower and strength to make my life happen. And I was really exhausted, to be honest. 
And it got to the point where I just began, you know, I remember I found out that my mom had breast cancer. And so there was definitely some things happening in my life where it was like all about like healing the feminine line. And I think that, that one of our, one of the things that we can do to contribute to the world is by like looking at our ancestral lines and what needs to be healed. You know, so many of us, go through life just repeating the same patterns that our ancestors had. So like our mom and our grandma and aunties and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I just really saw how I'd been ignoring the, the sacred feminine within me. And yeah, and that really led me to, to discover more and more about what it means to be a woman basically and how so many of us aren't actually taught that. So, yeah, and that really, really spurred on my deepening of the connection with the earth as well. You know, you probably would have heard the earth, the planet being described as like the mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, and, and I think that it, it is our disconnection with nature and earth as well, which makes us feel disconnected and you know, misplaced. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in Australia and if you look ancestrally with that, um, I mean, it's same as like many in America. I mean, so many of us are from different parts of the world and are now relocated. And, you know, I always felt like this yearning to find where home was without really knowing what that even meant, mm-hmm. you know. And I think so many of us feel that. And, you know, my my soul led me to be in the UK, which is where I am now. And I mean, ancestrally, when you go back the generations, that's where my family was from. So maybe that's what brought me here, or maybe it was the soul thing. So it's so, it's so interesting, that pool of like, where is home and where is our place on the planet? So what about you? Have you always grown up in, in LA? Yeah, I I was born and raised in the suburbs of LA, basically, but my family's ethnically Chinese. So I I do feel like international in a sense that like my dad still lives in China, but my mom's here. So like, I'll go back there. But it it doesn't necessarily feel like home, but I do like to stay connected to the culture. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Too many of us are just Mm -hmm. spread all over the place now. (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, going back to originally, like talking about why you wanted to write this book I'm curious what you meant in like the feminine qualities what what do you mean about like you were learning how to be a woman yeah right so okay so one of the things was learning about the like the female body and the monthly cycles like periods basically mm-hmm. I yeah. had always really suffered from very 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 bad period pain and I just kind of like just thought it was just part of being a woman. Like I just didn't complain. I just kind of sucked it up. <laughs> and I didn't realize because I started, I began studying the female cycle. There's an, a wonderful woman called Alexandra Pope who who written some amazing books. So I, I did a course with her and then I met my friend Lisa Lister who writes on on this topic as well. And I discovered that as a woman, like our our monthly cycle is actually linked in with the waxing and waning of the moon. And I was I've like, heard that before. whoa, crazy. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Like that's amazing. And then I, I began studying the, the female cycle and how there is essentially four phases we go through every month. And this happens as well 
like regardless of you're menstruating as a woman, like, you know, even people in menopause, it, it's the same thing happens. It just changes a little bit. And, and it was like, oh, wow, our, our monthly cycle actually mimics the seasons of the planet, which is like spring, summer, autumn, winter. And, you know, for example, there is the PMS phase where, <laughs> I don't know, if you like a lot of women can just kind of get really angry at that phase. And that is because it's like it's the archetype of the wild woman and it's linked to the season of autumn when all the leaves fall, right? And I I began noticing that in myself and I began studying a lot of women as well and seeing how particularly with my friends, like so many of us just thought we were going crazy every single month. (laughs) But really it was just us not realizing. So you'd go from being like, I love life in spring and just like, yes, I can do anything. I can conquer anything in summer. And that's when you're ovulating. And then when you'd go into the PMS phase, you just want to burn everything down (laughs) and think you're crazy. (laughs) So Anyway, I began understanding that and I just began being fascinated by by that and it's really the unclaimed because in society in general and I'm I'm stereotyping here obviously because I'm trying to make a generalized statement but you know for a long time and you know we've just had so many amazing campaigns happen recently with like times up and you know the me too mm-hmm. movement so like this is really entering society now but up until recently the whole like a woman standing up sharing her voice owning her power it wasn't as accepted as it's beginning to be and that really is it's the archetype of the wild woman the archetype which of the the season of autumn mm. going into winter and you know it's linked to the the, the older woman as well and who isn't seen in magazines and, you know, all of that. So, yeah, and so it was really like looking at the unclaimed parts of me and of women. Yeah, it it was just fascinating. Yeah. I mean, in what way has that changed you now that you're more in touch with that side? I think I just don't push myself so much. So in the past, I used to feel like I needed to like be on constantly. So if you look at it from a season point of view, I used to always be in that spring summer energy where it was like always on, always light, always woohoo. Whereas now I allow myself to have the periods of autumn and winter. So autumn being like allowing what is wanting to fall away to fall away and realizing that if I don't let go, then the new that is wanting to grow in my spring will not mm-hmm. be able to rise, you know. So I allow myself to have that autumn and then even the winter, you know. Another thing I did, because um, I'm from Australia, from mm-hmm. Sydney, light yeah. and bright, sunny, don't have many seasons there, kind of like L.A., right? Um, and then I moved to the to the UK. I've been here like 11 years up until this year. So I've, I've only allowed myself to have two full on winters here. <laughs> and I realized that I was just fleeing the darkness. And I mean, to be honest, I'm such a water baby. Like that's what I prefer. Yeah. But say this winter, I allow, I force myself to just like stay here through the cold, yeah. through the dark and just like noticing what, what that cultivated in me. And I think, 
you know, we're cyclic beings as humans. That's what we are. And so when when what is wanting to rise in us, there needs to be space for that. And so if we allow ourselves to have periods of winter, winter being where it's a little bit darker, it's a little bit quieter, it feel you get to the point where you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if anything will grow again. <laughs> and when you give yourself that, then before you know it, the little shoots of spring come in, mm. you know, and that can be, it doesn't all have to be all like metaphoric and all of that. You know, that could be just like with a relationship, right? You know, I think breakups are one of the hardest thing I think to go through, you know, um, but if you give yeah. yourself the time and space after you've let go and the relationships ended to properly be with yourself and reconnect with the relationship that you have with yourself, then you really will be ready to embark on a new relationship. Whereas if you kind of like force yourself into another one immediately, mm-hmm. maybe you're not giving yourself the time and space to 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 kind of like grow into the next one. Yeah. No, I love this idea of like letting, allowing the seasons to happen and accepting it and not, because I'm similar to you where I always try to force myself to like go, go, go. And I feel like I'm usually in like spring and summer moods as well. And when you're in the fall of winter, you're just like, you feel like annoyed at yourself. You're like frustrated. Like why? Like I just want to be on. I want to be inspired. I want to be, you know, so so yeah, that, that's a really interesting way. Yeah, that's it. And that's the thing. It's like we just push ourselves to be to to be on, 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 on. And then like there is no it's it's like, you know, my friend Holly, she her her children are at um a Steiner school, which I've been learning a lot about and I love the way that they're taught and, and, you know, I haven't been to a class so I can't comment, but what I've been told about them is that they have, they, they plan the day around inhales and exhales. So for example, though, they may do like an hour and a half class, which is like an inhale. And then they'll do an hour and a half playing in the trees, which like climbing trees. Yeah. But the way I I believe many of us, way totally me included, have been programmed is that it's all inhale, all inhale. And just like give yourself a five minute break and then inhale, inhale, inhale. But actually the more we exhale Mm -hmm. or allow the exhale to be there, allow the winter and the autumn to be there, the bigger the rise, the spring, the summer can be. Right. The bigger like, your next inhale. Yeah, it was like when that book Rise Sister Rise came out, I, I couldn't believe it. I literally I broke my foot. Um and so I was meant to be going out and kind of like touring and telling people to rise and blah 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 blah. And I couldn't even stand. <laughs> and it wasn't lost on me. It was almost like the last because that book really was a big, big teacher for me. And it was like the last lesson for me where it was like, really, this, it may sound like this book is about rising, but in, but in order to rise, you need to allow yourself to fall. Yeah. And wow. that sounds scary, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Well, it's nice to know that no matter how hard you fall, like you can still choose to rise after that. Exactly. And often the harder you fall, the higher you'll rise. Yeah. Wow. Mm. I I loved that. (laughs) One more thing I just had to bring up because I was so curious about 
that you mentioned in your book was doing like those past life regressions or you talked about a moment where you saw like I don't know how, what it was, your spirit, like choosing its parents or before going, I, I know this is totally off topic, but can you just briefly talk about that? And for, yeah. I don't know, it's fascinating to me. Yeah, it was really cool. It was a, a re- past life regression I did where, so if you imagine, so there's a great book if anyone wants to explore this, which is called Many Lives, Many Masters. And it it describes, I think, a psychiatrist. I think he, his name's Brian Weiss. I forget his job. I think he's a psychiatrist. And he used to regress people back to, you know, childhood traumas. And then little by little, it went back to like being like a day old and then being in their mom's womb, you know, in, you know, and then going further and further and further back. And then he then discovered it was going back into past lives. And he, this is a guy who was like not into that at all going, what is happening? So that's the concept we're talking about here. And yeah, I did a a regression where um, I've done quite a few of these where I was taken to the, the place before, me choosing to enter this life. So if you imagine with the concept of reincarnation, which a lot of traditions believe in and talk about, and I really believe that we choose our parents, we choose the city, we choose the body, we choose all of the perfect scenarios to to help us grow as souls. And sometimes these scenarios may be difficult or sometimes they may be beautiful um, regardless, they're the perfect shape, the perfect relationships, the perfect scenarios for our soul to to do the work that it came to do. And that may be through life lessons. It might be through clearing like karmic um, agreements with people. And so I went to the, the bit where um, I went and chose my parents yeah. actually, which was really, really surreal and yet it felt like the most normal thing ever. <laughs> and I know it sounds quite far out, but yeah, it was very clear. And yeah, I was given three different options. So yeah, it was an amazing experience to to witness that. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, I first of all, I just wanted to share that because that's such a interesting concept that you don't hear every day. That <laughs> that's true. It is, but it it made a lot of sense to me because I mean I come from a family that believes in reincarnation as well. But just the fact that your soul made a decision to live this life with its exact like location, parents, experience, everything. So even if you have like hardships or challenges, like maybe you chose that for yourself in order to learn something. Exactly, yeah. and like you know those people who you're destined to meet, it will happen. There's many different ways that it can happen. Yeah, Mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you think that you saw, like in that beginning stage, you saw as far as like what you would be doing now, kind of like your purpose was to share light? Yeah, well, I mean, as I wrote in Light is a New Black, there was two phases to, to that experience. One was choosing you know, the body really. So it was the parents in the city and all of that, but it was like the, mm-hmm. the, the physical body to incarnate in. And then I was taken to, this is really far out, but <laughs> yeah, I was, I was essentially given my, um, what I would call like life purpose, you know, and 
I am undecided as to whether it's like, like we all get this. Like, I, I don't know if it's like some of us have like a double mission mm, yeah. <laughs> where, where it's like, cause I, I very much saw that my purpose was to write books and, wow. you know, and share communication and stuff. Yeah. And when I received that, what I would call like life mission, I wasn't on my own. So it was almost like a group mission. So that was my experience mm-hmm. in receiving that mission. It wasn't just mine. It was like a, there was a collective a group. group. Yeah. So it felt like for me in this life, it was like there was two reasons I was here. Um, one was like, you know, a lot of soul growth and like all of us is like, you know, life lessons and relationships and all of that. But then there was this other one. Yeah. It's, it's a fascinating topic and one which, um, you know, I've, I've got a couple other books that I'm, are in the pipeline and one of them is going to be exploring that a little bit more deeper like what is that process and yeah and yeah so I'm really looking forward to learning more about that I'm very curious yeah it's so fascinating (laughs) thanks for sharing lastly what is what's one piece of advice you want to leave our listeners with to help them step into their authentic self and shine their light Mm, I think just don't think about it too much just like do the things that light you up and develop some kind of way that you show up to your soul and your light every day. So whether that's meditation, journaling, walking in nature, but just, you know, that is like the relationship that you have with yourself and your own inner world is the one that you were born with and the one that that will be there until the day you die and beyond, way beyond. And so just, you know, you have everything you need within you to solve all of your problems with your inner voice. You're never, ever alone. And the more you can develop a relationship with your, with your light, with your soul, with your spirit, the more aligned everything's going to feel. I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much for this interview. I really appreciate you taking out the time. Again, I'm a huge fan. But yeah, I'm sure the listeners love this interview. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps us so much and also helps other people find the show. You can also catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Love you all so much. Bye.